0: Welcome to Tech Talk Online, sponsored by Stratford University. You can listen to Tech Talk live in the Washington, D.C. area Saturday mornings from 9 till 10 on the following frequencies. 1500 AM, 1045 FM, 1035 FM HD 2, and 1039 FM HD 2. We thank you for listening to Tech Talk Radio.
1: complete please stand by now
2: downloading tech talk radio with dr richard shirts and jim russ tech talk radio it's technology you can understand And now, here are Dr. Richard Schertz and Jim Russ.
3: Welcome to Tech Talk Radio. We're in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. I'm Dr. Richard Schertz.
2: And I'm Jim Russ. And
3: lots of exciting things are going on this week. Amazon announced a new wireless standard called Amazon Sidewalk. Now, today we're going to feature on Profiles in IT, Charles, George Charles DeBall. He's the inventor. Of the first um, robotic arm that, among was, used, other that was used, yeah, among other, uh, that was used for manufacturing. And um, last week we featured uh, the man who was the uh, father of robotics. He actually took Charles Duvall's idea, popularized it, and spread it around. So I would say. Charles Duvall, and when, it, as, as, when it comes to robotics, is sort of like Steve Wozniak was to Apple compared to Steve Jobs. So a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, we did the the equivalent of Steve Jobs in robotics, and now we're doing the equivalent of Steve Wozniak in robotics, George... Of all, he's got an interesting story. And of course, it was a huge, huge mailbag. There's a
2: letter in your mailbox. There he is.
3: We got an email from Joey in Ashburn, Virginia. Dear Tech Talk, I'm hoping you can provide some guidance. We've got a Western digital hard drive that failed. We got a new drive and attempted to clone it but could not get it to work. Do you have a recommendation of where we should send it to retrieve the information? We have pictures also stored on it, and that's what we're worried about most, Joey and Ashburn. Well, Joey, did it completely fail or did it just fail to boot up? If it simply failed to boot up, you could put, you could take the drive out and you could put it in a USB uh, enclosure, and, and then you could just plug it into the USB port of another computer, and then you could copy all the pictures uh, to the drive on that computer or to another drive or to USB. Failure to boot could be caused by corruption of the boot sector or one of the Windows exec, exec, executables. Um, and it may not indicate total hard drive failure. Now, if it is, uh, if you want to do a diagnostic on your hard drive, all the manufacturers have free diagnostic software that they release just to analyze their hard drives. Now, Western Digital. They've got the Western Digital Lifeguard Diagnostics for Winda Media program. And you can go down, you can go to the Western Digital, just just search Western Digital Lifeguard Diagnostics. It'll take you right to the link. Now, there are a lot of places to download this program, but I recommend you go to the Western Digital site directly, wdc.com, because a lot of times you'll have these third-party sites that download it, and they'll... You'll get a lot of other stuff along with it. So I went directly to the Western Digital site to download. You download it in the program. Now you have to run it as a, as administrator. So you right click on the on the icon and say run as administrator and you'll be able to do a quick test, an extended test, you'll be able to erase the hard drive if you know, if that's something you want to do and then you can view the test results. Now if the failure is caused by, the printed circuit board. You see, the hard drive's got a platen. It's got a a magnetic platen that spins around, and you've got heads that move over that platen to basically read and write information. Well, all of that process of moving the heads across the platen, all that's controlled by a printed circuit board. And um, and and you you can either have failure in the magnetic media where you bu- you have bad sectors, or Uh, you got failure in the printed circuit board. Now, if you have a printed circuit board failure, you can actually replace that. You you can go on the web, and there are companies that sell replacement printed circuit boards for for all of the hard drives. You can find one that matches your particular hard drive. Now, here's the thing. On that printed circuit board is a read-only memory chip, a ROM chip, and that stores all of the initialization data on your hard drive. So you're going to have to take the ROM chip from your current printed circuit board and put it into the new circuit board. Now, some of the companies that sell these uh, printed circuit boards for hard drives, you can send them the old one and they'll move the ROM chip over there for you because you uh, you solder it in place. And a lot of people don't know how to solder on a printed circuit board without doing damage. Well, so it's not easy. It's, it's not, tiny, tiny. It's it's not it's work. it's not easy. And so you it, you might want to select that if you if you don't swap the ROM. Uh, and you bring up the hard drive, it will think it's a brand-new hard drive and and, and hasn't ever been formatted. Because when you format it, you're writing data to the ROM, and it gives all the registration data for that particular formatting. So you've got to swap the ROM. Now, if you're uneasy w- about working with a hard drive, you can send it to a, re- a data recovery firm. So the, a, a really good one close to you, let's see you're in Ashburn, is Crawl uh, On Track. K-R-O-L-L-OnTrack is an excellent firm. Uh, We've used them in the past at Stratford University. They do commercial data recovery, but they also do personal data recovery as well. Now, they've got a location arrest done. They've got one at Tyson's Corner. You can mail in your hard drive or you can drop it off. Now, they'll analyze the hard drive for free and provide a report with likelihood of recovery of data and tell you what the cost will be. Their website is www.ontrack.com. So you can take it in there. And so for home data recovery, they'll tell you that the cost of recovery is going to be between $400 and $1,200. It's expensive. And, but they'll tell you the cost before they, uh, before they do anything. And then they will recover your data and copy it either to another hard drive or to a thumb drive. And get it back to you. Now, one final note. You should have had a backup. Now, having valuable pictures on a hard drive without a backup is really not best practice. Now, what I do, I use a cloud backup service like Carbonite. It backs up everything on my laptop as I write it. Like that one time that my laptop got run over, (laughs) <laughs> um, I didn't. I didn't lose a single file, even though the entire hard drive was destroyed because everything was backed up. Backed up in real time. And it wasn't uh, your fault. No, it wasn't my fault. Of course, no, no. Nah, no. Somebody in the household drove off with the with my laptop on the top of the trunk, and and I found Why it. Why was I the found,
2: laptop on the trunk though?
3: Uh, well, that I don't. That I, might be your problem. It could be the problem, but I your never. Fault. But I. I never. But I'm never wrong.
2: So I've noticed.
3: Yes, I'm never wrong. Now, you could also now, but that Carbonite costs around $99 a year or so for that. I love it because I back it up everywhere because I take my laptop all around. I'm always backing up whenever I get new documents. Mm-hmm. Now, you could also get a USB hard drive and, and back up to it. They're very cheap, 100 bucks. You can get a you know a couple terabyte hard drive. And you can either back up just your files, and you can automate that backup of your files. Windows has backup, automated backup built into it. Or you can do a complete disk image, and, and disk image is supported by Windows 10, which you have, um, which you have, which you have, and it will just it will give a complete disk image of your hard drive. Now that means if your hard drive crashes, you can actually just restore the disk image, and everything's restored. Applications, my, Microsoft Windows, everything is restored. Uh, in addition to the files. Um, so you, you really need to get that backup going. Well, listen, Joey, best of luck, and I hope you get that data and get your pictures back. We got an email from Sue in Kilmarnock. Dear Tech Talk, I've got several email accounts, and I'd like to find a way to view them all, to view all the unread emails uh, in one directory. Is there a simple way to accomplish this? I hate going back and forth with all these emails. I'm currently running Windows 10 on my laptop, and I check... Email from work, which is an Exchange server. I've got a Gmail. I've got a Yahoo account. I've got an AOL account, which is a legacy Verizon account. What are my best options? Stu in Kilmarnock. Well, Stu, you can use the Outlook mail client on your laptop. A significant advantage of using Outlook on your computer is that you have multiple email accounts in one place. You can handle multiple accounts from all the providers, Microsoft, Gmail, Yahoo, pretty much any other provider you can think of. If you want to add an account to Outlook, you just you just you can you can just you just click on Add Account, and you put in your email address, your password, and it figures out in most cases what the outgoing mail server is and the incoming mail server is. In most cases, um, they don't do it very well on the Yahoo account. I mean, on the AOL account. So the automatic setup for the AOL account doesn't work. So you have to go to the AOL website and look for mail servers and they'll tell you exactly how to specify the mail servers for the AOL account. Now because the inbox is one of the core mail folders, you can't rename it. Instead, Outlook automatically names the email adds the name of the email account to the inbox folder for your in your favorite section so you can always see all your inboxes. Now, if you want to see all the emails in one folder. You can't you can't combine the folder, but there is something in Outlook that says view mail in all mailboxes. And it in that look, it puts all the mailboxes together. So in one location you can look at all of your email and uh, you don't have to go back and forth. It's pretty pretty convenient. That that Outlook uh, mail client is really nice. I use it on my computer. We got an email from Tom in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Dear TechDuck, I've got a a touchpad on my Windows 10 laptop. It is annoying because I keep moving the cursor inadvertently and overtyping stuff that I've just typed. Is there a way I can disable this device? I'm trying to find a switch but can't locate anything. Please help. Tom in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Well, Tom, many laptops laptops have shortcuts to to disable the touchpad. However, the, the shortcuts vary laptop to laptop to laptop. The easiest way is just to simply disable the device driver. Now, what you want to do in your Windows 10 machine, you type Device Manager in the search field, and that'll bring up the Device Manager. You you and then and you click on the Device Manager that shows up, and then once the Device Manager comes up, you click on Mice and Other Pointing Devices, and that will open up a uh, you know a menu, and then you'll see under Mice and Other Pointing Devices you'll see something called the Touchpad. So simply highlight the touchpad, then right-click on the touchpad, and you'll be able to disable the device. You simply disable the device, and you're done. It won't work now. If you want to get it back again, you've just got to go back to the to the device manager, and then you'll do the same thing. But then you will enable the device. So it's it's pretty easy to get that done to turn it off. I've got a touchpad on my laptop, and I hate it too because I'll be doing I'll be typing some because I do the like I do the XML podcast file every Saturday, and I, I don't want to make any mistakes in it. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'll be typing it, and my thumb will hit the touchpad, and it will go down to another yeah. place in the file, and then I'll overwrite something, and it is just a pain. pain. in the neck. It is. Yeah. So, I've, I, so actually, I've disabled my touchpad, and I'm just I'm just much happier. <laughs> we got an email from Ron in Seattle, Washington. Dear Doc and Jim, I've heard that running two antivirus programs at once is not a good idea. It seems like it would be safer. What's your recommendation, Ron in Seattle? Good question. Well, Ron, there are actually two kinds of anti-malware programs. One kind is like full-time, always running. It's always on, always looking at everything that's coming through. Antivirus programs such as AVG, Avest, Norton, they they run continuously in the background and protect your PC from threats on an ongoing basis. It's essential to have one of these programs running at all times if you use your computer to connect to the Internet. Now, the other type of anti-malware program is what they call on-demand. These are anti-malware programs that are are, just run periodically. It's kind of a backup scanner to catch any nefarious code that might have slipped through the cracks of your regular full-time antivirus program. Now, the most popular on-demand anti-malware program, and I strongly recommend it, I use it, is the free version of Malwarebytes. Now, here's the thing. I have both malware bytes, and I've got Avast, A-V-A-S-T, on my computer. So I run Avast as, like, full-time, all, always on, and uh, periodically I will run malware bytes, malware bytes. You don't want to have two full-time antivirus programs running at the same time because they fight each other. They're always – they take a lot of. of they, they take a lot of, um, of energy. They take a lot of clock cycles of your computer. They slow it down. So you just want to pick one full-time, and then you periodically run – your on-demand one, you know, maybe once a week, just to see if anything slipped through. Now, you can download a free version of Avast, and the installer will actually install a 14-day trial version of the full-blown malware bytes. Now, the full-blown malware bytes is on all the time, so you want to disable the full-time and just, just let it go, or after the trial elapses, it just goes back to being an on-demand one. But that, but you've you've got those for free. So listen, I hope that answers your question there. And uh, you know, I would not run two at the same time. Good question, Ron.
2: Back to Stu for a second. I know huh? he said he's got an AOL Legacy Verizon account. I was yeah. talking to a friend yesterday whose 85-year-old mother has an AOL Gold account. Whoa! You know what an AOL Gold account is? That, is. is
3: that dial-up?
2: <laughs> it costs five dollars a month. Oh my goodness! So. We were just laughing about the fact that you know you could have a Gmail account, which is probably, despite all of the things we know about Google, yeah. the best email account to That's have right. because you got the 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 the, the spam uh, folder right. and everything in there. And, 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 but she won't get rid of the AOL Gold account because her friends won't be able to find her. Whoa, <laughs> yeah, you can't change your email address. But five you, bucks a month for email. Can. I wonder if
3: she can downgrade it to a free one.
2: Why not? I thought AOL was gone. No,
3: AOL is still around. I mean, she might be able to download it to a free. I
2: don't think she's – I don't think that's going to happen.
3: It's not – it's just too
2: – It's too much. It's too – It's just too much. It's
3: too, It's just too complicated, yeah. We got an email from uh, Mike in Maryland. Hello, classroom of the airways. As a senior citizen, I'm having health concerns. I want my family to be able to know where I am at any time. Using my cell phone is probably the best device. Can you give me – uh, a few suggestions of the top three phone tracker apps. I'm looking for a free app. What's the advantage of paying for this service? Thanks. Mike from Maryland. Well, Mike, you got several options so long as you have your phone with you. You can do family location on the iPhone, which is pr- which is pretty good. It, it tracks your location using your iCloud credentials. It's not automated. You go to settings, you click on name, click on family location sharing, and you share your location. So you're so your your family can just go to the um, to the family sharing section and they can see where you are at any one time. Now it won't they they can locate you but but it won't there's no geofencing there are no notes or anything like that. They can just do it. It's on demand. Now there's another app that's pretty good called Follow Me M-E-E, GPS tracker. It converts your iPhone or iPad into a GPS tracking device. You install this app on the device that you want to track. And you can monitor its whereabouts with the followme.com website. Now, you can view the last known location for free. It also includes, with some pretty good, geofencing, location reporting, location sharing, and other tracking services. So, And it's got an SOS panic button. If you press the panic button in the app, it will send a text message with your GPS location to whoever you want to be notified. And it will also send a, uh, send a text message. Now, the basic service is not bad. It's five ninety nine dollars a month because you've got all these other reporting options. And when I was looking around, that's got both the free option as well as the paid option. So I think Follow Me GPS Tracker is a pretty good application. Then you've also got uh, the phone tracker for iPhone. It's used to locate another smartphone um, you know, held by your family members. The locate iPhone user just checks movement. And it will, it will give you where you've been in the last 24 hours. You can track two iPhones for free, and you can locate your friends with it. But I'm thinking this Follow Me GPS tracker is probably your best option. Listen, we love your emails. Email Email us at, at Stratford.edu and we'll get back to you as soon as we can.
2: It's Saturday morning. You're listening to Tech Talk Radio, heard every Saturday, of course, on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network, 1500 AM, 1035 FM HD 2, 1039 FM HD 2. And now, Doc, in Loudoun County on 104.5 FM. More of Tech Talk Radio in just a minute.
0: If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet,
4: and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio.
3: Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. We are in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. And now it is time for Profiles
4: in IT.
3: Yes, today we're going to feature George Charles Duvall, Jr., Now, George Duvall was an American inventor and a very prolific inventor who was known for developing Unimate, the first material handling robot employed in industrial production work. He came with the first robot used in automotive manufacturing. He invented it. George Duvall was born February 20th, 1912 in Louisville, Kentucky. Now he was always interested as a boy in all things electrical and mechanical. He's always taking things apart, figuring out how they worked. He attended Roardon Prep School. He didn't really like his classes that much, but but he liked to study all sorts of things mechanical, electrical. So they they let him construct some buildings on the campus there. He ran the school's electric plant, and he he, he was having a good old time. But he wasn't really, you know, an academic star there at the school. Mm-hmm. He wasn't very scholarly, but he could figure how stuff worked out very easily. After graduating from high school, he decided to forget college. It's just, I'm not going to class. I would just want to start inventing. So he started United Cinephone, and he had the idea that he would find a way to to put sound directly onto film for the newly invented motion pictures called talkies. No kidding. Yeah, so he... So he started working on this. At, he, it's called United Cinephone, and he, and he got <laughs> Cinephone. And, and he got all of the C I N E, not S I N. I
2: thought this is a well. <laughs> I was actually thinking cinnamon flavored phone, oh, but that's, that's something. Right. Never mind. Cinophone, <laughs> That's Cinebun. R- that's right. Never mind.
3: And so, and so he th- well, this this would be a very good idea. And you put the sound directly on the on the film. So he got photo detectors and all the electronics to build this thing. And then he discovered that other people were working on it, like like RCA and some really big players and he thought, you know I don't think I don't think I'm going make I'm going to make any headway here because they're going to beat me to the marketplace. So he pivoted to other things and he had all of these photo sensors, he had all these vacuum tubes, all this electronics that he had purchased for the, for the, uh, for the sound uh, motion picture sound project. He said, well what can I do with it? So he started inventing stuff. The first thing he did he took a photo sensor and he invented the photoelectric door. This is the door that automatically, Now we just we're just used to it. You walk up to the door and it opens. Well, he invented that, and he he licensed that, and they started producing the first photoelectric door. Then he said, well, what else can I do with these photo cells? So then he invented a barcode system for sorting packages for railway express, and so they put a barcode system on there. He'd use these photo detectors. They would detect the barcode, and boom, they they would track it. He did the first optical registration control for color offset printing using these same components. He, ought to, In addition, he, he built a photoelectric people counter so at the World's Fair they could count the number of people going in and out of the building, you know, throughout the day. So this guy could just come up with all kinds of ideas. He could put, put the, the electronics together. He could field it, and he could sell it. He was extremely prolific. When World War II began... He decided he wanted to do something to really help the country, so he sold United Cinephone and all of these inventions that he had made, and he and he and he went to Sperry, um, uh, uh, you know Sperry Gyroscope, and he said he'd like to help them with uh, radar, with their develop the radar system. So Sperry hired him to develop radar devices and microwave test equipment. So uh, he, he worked on he, he worked at Sperry for a while, and then uh, then a couple years later he was, he was hired by Auto Ordnance to produce counter radar devices. see, because once we had radar, then the enemy had radar, and then we had to have counter radar devices to override their radar detection capabilities. So he began working on counter radar devices and the, and the uh, auto ordnance uh, Radar countermeasure systems were on every single Allied plane by on D-Day. Mm. Now, Duvall was part of the team that developed the first commercial use of microwave ovens. This device automatically cooked and dispensed hot dogs, and it was called the Speedy Weenie. And so there you go again. The, the first speedy weenie. commercial use of microwave ovens, the speedy
2: weenie. You know, it's pretty quick to cook <laughs> a hot dog anyway. I, you know, I don't know, but I would was, think of a lot of other things to use the microwave for.
3: You could well, but back then they, you know, they were trying to make a case for it. They know? had
2: hot dogs back then. They, the, they had hot dogs the back then.
3: So you know, I use it to heat up water.
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> well, that's yeah. <laughs>
3: In 1946, he applied for a patent on magnetic recording systems for controlling machines and also for digital playback devices for machines. This this was so that he could record things and he could send the information to machines. This would ultimately become the brains of the robot system that he was going to invent later on. And so this was the beginning of his robotic thinking. He developed first the magnetic recording system so we record different uh, commands and he could send those to machines. And in 1954, he applied for and received a patent for the programmed article transfer device, and he introduced the concept of universal automation, universal automation, and he shortened that to unimation. Universal automation, he shortened it to unimation, and ultimately he termed it unimate, unimate. So he came up with this programmable article transfer device, which he termed Unimate. And this was basically the robotic arm, say, that was used initially for auto manufacturing, say, to do, to do welding or to move parts from here to there to stack parts. And it was just this robotic arm that you, could, that you could program to do different things. And so we applied for the patent. Now, what is interesting, this particular patent was so original there was not a single prior citation because you usually have to do prior prior work in the area and you have to do those citations so that you differ from the prior work. There was no prior work. This huh. was the first of its kind. This was a new category, an extremely innovative idea. Now, he teamed up with Joseph F. Engelberger, who we featured last week. Now, Engelberger recognized the power of this device. It was more than just a programmed article transfer device. He realized that you could use this robotic technique across all industries to do lots and lots of things. So he was thinking big. So he and Duvall teamed up, and they convinced Consolidated Diesel Electronics to back the development of the robot. And the new division within Consolidated Diesel Electronics was called Unimation, and Unimation made the Unimate. So Joseph Engelberger... Was like the Steve Jobs of, uh, of uh, Robotics. He took the idea, he marketed the idea, he got it accepted. But uh, George Duvall is like the Steve Wozniak of Apple who actually invented the device and did all the electronics in the background. Now, in the beginning, the Unimation, Unimation designed and machined every part of the Unimate because they there was there were just no other, They couldn't buy parts for it because they were trying to do things that had never been done before. So they designed and machined every part of the Unimate. The first Unimate robot was hired, was was purchased by GM, General Motors, to lift hot pieces of metal from a die and stack it. So you could see as, as, as a person taking these hot pieces, stack them with tongs, put them down. That would be an unpleasant job. So they had Unimate do it.
2: But Unimate will do anything.
3: It will do anything that you tell it to do. Just mm-hmm. program it. Now, the first Unimate cost $5 million to develop, uh, but obviously they had to bring the price down in order to make a money. In night, by 1966, full-scale production was in running, and they had dropped the price down significantly so they could sell it at a profit. And the first robot production, the first production robot that came out of the production lines was a material handling robot, materials handling robot, and that was soon followed by robots for welding and robots for other applications. Now, GM, of course, started the, started the, um, the action in, in AutoMotion to use it, but very quickly all of the other auto manufacturers bought it. Mm-hmm. And you, 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 you've seen pictures now of these auto, auto assembly lines. You've got all these robotic arms doing things, putting in screws, welding, moving things. And so all of that came out of Unimate. By 1975, Unimation showed its first profit— In 1978, Puma, the programmable universal machine for assembly, was developed with support from GM. Now, Duvall obtained a whole bunch of other patents on visual and tactical sensors, tactile sensors for robots, coaxial connectors, non-refillable containers, magneto-restrictive manipulators, all sorts of inventions that were needed to make the robot more effective. He just kept inventing, inventing, inventing. He was elected as an honorary member to the Society of Manufacturing Engineers. He was inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame in 2011, and is a member of the Automation Hall of Fame. Okay,
2: I'm yes. sorry, have I cut you off? Were yeah, you... no, you have not. Okay, so I, I, you know, you could use the Unimate to fetch your speedy weenie. Yeah, well, because you, could you don't want to burn your hand.
3: That is true. You could have the speedy weenie. You could have the Unimate go in there and, cr- and put it in the bun.
2: Well, it comes in the bun. I actually found a picture of this thing. You yeah, mean, have you it's, seen this? It's cooked, it's cooked in the bun? Yeah. It, well, it, it is. It, the machine looks is the size of a Coke machine. Okay. And it says at the top, it says, what did it say? Radio, radio cook or something like that. <laughs> radio radio chef. And then, and then uh, it, it'll cook your hot dog in 20 seconds uh-huh. and dispense it in a bun wrapped in cellophane. Wow. Guess how much it costs. How much? Ten cents.
3: Ten, cents, Ten for a, cents for a speedy weenie. for a speedy weenie. And it will
2: spit out 200 speedy weenies continuously without having to stop. So, okay, so 200 speedy weenies 20 seconds each. That's 4,000 seconds, right? Yeah. How long do you—that's that, over an hour yeah. that it'll be working. Working to so, put up. There you go. So, so the the, <laughs> the pictures show the inside of the internal workings of this thing. You don't want to see your sausage made, nor do you want to see it cooked. Yes,
3: that's right.
2: <laughs> there you go. Well,
3: there you go. Everything, you know, this is something I'd never talked about a speedy weenie before. No, well, the there's air. a first for everything. The first. Thing. There you go. Everything you want to know about George Duvall, who is the man who invented the first robotic arm. And the speedy weenie. And the speedy
2: weenie. Yes. All right. It is Saturday morning. You're listening to Tech Talk Radio. It's time for you to get uh, free food. It probably won't be a hot dog, but it will be something a lot better than that. So we're going to play the pop quiz next here on uh, Tech Talk Radio on Federal News Radio, heard on 1500 AM, 1035 FM HD 2, 1039 FM HD 2. You can watch us cook weenies here in the studio by downloading the Periscope app and following us at WFED Tech Talk.
1: featuring Mr. Big Voice, with musical guest, the Stratford University Junkyard Band, and your host, Dr. Richard Schertz. Oh yes, yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you very much. They're cheering much. because yes. we gave
2: out a free speedy weenie to everybody, yeah, right. during everybody every, yeah. but in the studio down. audience.
3: You'll all get your hot dog in a minute, just calm down, calm down, you'll get your speedy weenie as quickly as we can distribute them. Now, earlier in the show, we were talking about George Charles DeBall, Jr. He, of course, is the man who developed the first robotic arm that was used for manufacturing. And he was quite an inventor in his own right. Now, he invented many, many things in his life. But when he invented this robotic arm, when they ultimately put it into production, they gave it a name. What was the name of that robotic arm that they sold initially to George or to uh, to General Motors?
1: If you know the answer to today's question, well, good for you. Pick up your phone and call us now. <laughs> if you're calling from west of the Rockies, it's 877-936-9333. <laughs> calling from east of Playa del Shirts, Virginia, it's 877-936-9333. If you're about to fire up your speedy weenie in Canada, (laughs) call us on the wildcard line, 877-936-9333. And of course, as always, the international line is 877-936-39333.
3: And if you're trying to call us from the autonomous region of Kurdistan, <laughs> you can reach us by Skype. Simply connect to Tech Talk Radio 1, and your call will be forwarded to the studio, for re of charge.
1: Andrew Mitchell, our adjunct professor for prize distribution and crowd control, is standing by to take your call, so dial now.
3: Let's talk about Amazon Sidewalk. Now, that's the new wireless standard that they propose. It's, it's interesting, and if they can get a lot of device makers to embrace it, it may be the new internet of things wireless standard hmm. At their annual hardware event the Amazon revealed a new wireless standard for the internet of things to smart uh, and smart home devices they call it Sidewalk Sidewalk is a new standard that Amazon hopes will link together all of these devices instead of using Bluetooth Wi-Fi 5G and many other standards Now the problem with existing standards the question of range complexity and power usage most of the current wireless standards don't broadcast very far. They'll just broadcast, say, in your house, but you can't take them anywhere else. This particular standard relies on the 900 megahertz frequency, that's a... This is a frequency band that, that, that propagates quite well through the atmosphere. It propagates much better than Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. In addition, they will form mesh networks so they can link devices together to extend the range.
2: So basically, you won't have to have Wi-Fi and and uh, and Bluetooth, and it'll all be the same thing rolled into one... Well, one... no, this,
3: this will be in addition to Wi-Fi. Oh. Wi- Wi-Fi and Bluetooth have their own... Mesh Have their own purpose.
2: So, so what I'm getting at is you can't do everything just with sidewalk.
3: No, no, no. You can't okay. do everything with sidewalk. Not, okay. You might be Sorry. familiar with the 900 megahertz spectrum. This is what we used to have on cordless phones. Yes amateur radios walkie-talkies all operated at 900 megahertz so walkie-talkies are a pretty good range so they're, they're going to use the 900 megahertz spectral band for this and this is a, it's a repurposing of that unlicensed spectrum now what is interesting they'll form a mesh network which extends the range even further they did an experiment. They put out 700 nodes of the uh, of the sidewalk, and, the, and they just let employees take it home, put it in their house. It turned out that because all these 700 nodes linked together in one giant mesh network, those 700 nodes alone covered almost all the Los Angeles basin area. So you could go anywhere, and you could be close enough to a 900 megahertz transmitter that it would work. Here's, for instance, an example. Suppose you... Have a pet tracker, and the and, pet
2: gets away, right? And
3: the pet gets away, and you just have a little fob on him. Now, now, if you were going to try to have a, like a whole GPS tracking on him, would take a lot of power. Yeah, it would be expensive.
2: He'd have a car battery hanging off. Yeah,
3: and so but this but what they do is that this they've got this little fob is connected to 900 megahertz, and so they could track it and they could tell where he is by virtue of which node he's connected to. That makes sense. And so you and so you would get a notification, and so you you, so you could track your devices. And so let's say Amazon Echo. If I take my Amazon Echo device, I go out in the backyard, I don't have Wi-Fi access. But if Amazon would put a 900 megahertz transmitter in it for sidewalk, I could have a long-range connection, and I could and so it's, it's a long-range device. So
2: it's totally different than Bluetooth. Yeah. This- so you're you're so basically what happens is now all of you, if you want to use Sidewalk, your Bluetooth device is obsolete. You yeah. got to get a new device.
3: See, you see the Bluetooth operates at two point four gigahertz, right? And this is megahertz. This is very low frequency. Mm-hmm. So so it's got long travels better, better. it travels a long distance. If they get broad adoption and uh, all these companies began putting nine hundred megahertz transmitters inside of their devices a- and they form a mesh network, so that means I could take my Amazon a block away it connect to uh, say a 900 megahertz transmitter in my neighbor's house but, and then it would be and it would be relayed back to my house through the mesh network
2: but this means that all this junk that I bought that's Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, you got to get rid of and get stuff that's got no the side-
3: no, no, they because this is lower bandwidth. It's longer range. I get that, but lower bandwidth.
2: I understand, but the devices that we now have won't work with this.
3: No, they won't work that's with what that. I'm but, but, saying. See, but see Wi-Fi is more for high bandwidth, short range connection. Mm-hmm. This is actually a kind of a good idea, I think. It's for applications that that will be for low bandwidth. So you you wouldn't want to take and say, watch video over a 900 megahertz. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't have enough bandwidth. Right. But you could probably use Amazon Echo just for music because that's fairly low bandwidth. But the thing that's innovative is this mesh... Network, which means that all of these devices, all these Internet of Things devices, all linked together into some giant network that collectively give you a huge advantage. So,
2: for things like the dog collar, uh-huh. this is a good idea. It's
3: it's really a good idea. Or or you you could put a fob in a in your suitcase, and you could track you lost it. Your suitcase, and you could track it at with, the with, with with Sidewalk. Right. Yeah, you could mm-hmm. track it with Sidewalk. It only makes sense if a lot of people use it. it True. It, it gets its power through usage. So Amazon is going to release the software development kit next year. They call it the SDK. And theoretically, then, any manufacturer that includes a 900 megahertz radio in its product can use this SDK, software development kit, to add sidewalk compatibility to their device. Look who it is. Yes, indeed. We have a man coming into the studio. We do indeed.
2: Indeed. A yes. man wearing shades. He needs to be introduced properly. Somebody yes. don't start till I walk in. There we go. Folks, this is David Bird. Don't <laughs> <laughs> Oh I, yeah!
4: I I drove down here for this. Really. Yes, you did. As a matter <laughs> of fact. I, I, wait, wait. Let me figure out this right. I I drove down here so I could hear about Wi-Fi overload on the microwave. Yes, oh, yeah. indeed. Ladies and hey, gentlemen. Doc, you know, Doc, I can't leave for a moment.
2: It's it's host emeritus David Bird. Yes, you, you must be introduced properly.
4: This is riveting radio, This Dave. is riveting radio. <laughs> it is. How come I don't sound right? Is it because these headphones are funky? I don't
2: know. The, I'm sure the Do headphones... Do I sound are... okay? Yeah. I you sound, sound great.
3: You... you sound perfect, yeah. yeah. But you, so. I, but we gave... Hold it. We gave you the bad earphones. Oh, is that what
2: the deal is? us? <laughs> You gave what? me the bad ones? We gave you the bad well, earphones. Didn't we? Well, let's put it this way. All of the earphones are bad except <laughs> for
3: yours. All the earphones are bad,
2: yeah.
4: Let
3: me, let me tell the folks what's going on
4: here. Yeah. I, I do sound okay? Cause yeah, I, you sound I fine. I swear it sounds like you know I'm, I'm talking in the ocean here. No, the ocean. it's there.
2: you sound fine. Okay. Yeah.
4: I got a call yesterday from Jim. Hey, Jim. hey, Birdman, what are you doing? I, I, Birdman. Be, I'm just kind of like sitting here in Frederick, you know, watching the dogs, doing that thing. He says, well, come on down and be on the show tomorrow. I said, well, what's the occasion? He goes, well. This is the last show in this building. Yes. Yep. It is. When is the last day officially in
2: this building? It's going to be in. uh, It's February first, if I'm not mistaken. It's the last. This the first Friday in February. Yeah. And they move. We're moving from uh, from here to Chevy Chase. And so this, so you know, what, did the, you not know I, this? I have got
4: the timing. Uh, I've got, I've got the wrong timing. I really do, man.
2: <laughs> I retire right
4: before they open up the new giant. Exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah. Right? I look out this window and I look at that giant. And say, when is it going to open? And then... And then you retire. Then I go. Bye-bye. And then you're... Yeah, that's... But you know, the reason I came down here besides (laughs) is to see you, Doc, and it's always a pleasure to see you because I I get up every Saturday and listen to the show. Yes, you do. I'm sure you do. (laughs) Yeah, I do. As you're mucking uh, the stalls, uh, right? Yes, I do. I'm mucking the stalls, (laughs) talking to the doggies. But you know something, I what what really drew me down here besides you, uh, Doc, was the fact that I've been in this building for 30 years. Yeah. I've had three or four different jobs in this building. Yeah. For... Since 1987... Wow, I've been fired in this building three times. Okay. Only this, three this times. Is, this
3: is this is this is like a meaningful. It's like a meaningful uh, spot have, for you. I have
4: walked these hallways for thirty years, and I just can't believe they're. No, I knew they were moving, Jim. Right? I'm sitting, there going, they wait till I retire to move down to the neat part of, the, of, of Wisconsin. Yeah, right.
2: There's no. There, well, there's there no are metro no, stop. Wait here. a minute. There are no bad. It's like the, where are the slums on Wisconsin Avenue, Dave. Well,
4: I know, but there, there's nothing down here. There's nothing there's down here. I mean, Cafe there, Deluxe. And there's oh, a cathedral, but, and hey, there's changed, a Starbucks. I got the They changed the Caesar salad dressing at uh, at, at Cafe de Did they really? dave has gone. Sorry, no, gone. <sighs> Totally,
2: no reason to leave Frederick anymore. So, have you seen the new studios for
4: Tech Talk? No, no,
2: we, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't. We don't have a, we don't have a clue. I mean, it could be a cardboard
3: box <laughs> for all Hold we it. know. <laughs> we don't really know whether there are studios no, for Tech Talk. You know, we may show up and it'll be a,
2: a, a, an empty parking lot. Hey, <laughs> I, think,
4: I think they got a booth for you at Maggiano's. Could that? Be.
2: Well, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be Live amazing. studio Maggiano's. audience and pasta. Thirty years. Now, how long have you been coming out of this building, Jimbo? Well, uh, this is really funny mm-hmm. because I was here. I worked at WTOP when we moved here right. from 40th Street. 87.
4: 87, uh, it was
2: eighty-seven, eighty-eight. We well, lived on the hill. We were o- over next to Channel Nine. Where Channel mm-hmm. Nine used to be, now nothing is over there. We were all over off of 40th Street, where the uh, you know where the Whole Foods is in Tenleytown, and then they moved oh, yeah. down here. I was the last voice on from the old studio uh, in Tenleytown. Braggart. Well, it's like going down on the sinking ship. Well, see, I what you know, Wash and T O P used to yep. be in
4: this building, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, my old partner Jeff Baker, we were in the basement at Channel Five at Wash. That's where <laughs> Wash was in mm-hmm. the basement. Yep, at Channel Five for a year before we moved down here. I had a cold for a year in that basement. I'll cause, bet. Because you never got any fresh air.
2: Well, this is the back in the days of deregulation where people were buying, selling, trading yeah. radio stations. So WTOP yeah. had been had been with uh, what is now Magic 102.3. <laughs> yeah, and that's... that was a talk station back yeah, in the day. And then it was WASH, <laughs> and then um, and then it was WGMS for a while, yeah. which is no longer exists. Gone. Gone. Because that's where WTOP FM is 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 at that dial position, and so now everything is going to pack up the end of this month, and, and we're going to go up to uh, up to uh, Chevy Chase. Here, so we'll still be here. Here's my last think.
4: here's my last building story. Okay, I'm doing <laughs> okay. mornings at Wash with Jeff Baker. was late '80s. Okay, and at that time the district had decided that we're gonna we're gonna make all buildings in Washington smoke free. Mm-hmm. Okay, now Baker and I were smokers at yes. the time. We've we quit a long time ago. So, uh, what does the station do? This is what the station did for me, okay? They made a closet across from the studio with, with an ashtray in the closet. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> we couldn't go downstairs in the middle
2: of a Beach Boy record uh, to have no, a cigarette couldn't. on Idaho. I haven't it. No. And you were playing um, Stairway to Heaven on watch. I'm not playing
4: Stairway to Heaven. i not playing any of that stuff. So, to have a cigarette, I'd have to. Love this terminology. I have to get in the closet.
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad you came out. Oh, hey, the closet,
4: everybody. So, oh, we'd have to smoke in the closet. It's the craziest thing. That and is then when, nice. I, when I came to work for TOP years later, we're in this building. I go, man, this is just crazy. I love this place. Anyway, a lot of history in this book. Yeah, there is. You well, know.
2: Yeah, and of course. So, what people were thinking? Wait a minute. So, WFED, which is the station that we are on, right. yes. is the sister station of WTOP. That's and of right. course, the the dial position, fifteen hundred AM, four years was WTOP. Forever. 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 Yes. Yep. So here oh, we that's are. Right.
4: Oh, that's right. I went to work on fifteen hundred at Washington Post Radio. That's right.
2: That's did, right. That's it why you format. came here. That's, that's day, right. That, that was the second format. time you were here. You were the morning one, host. One
4: right? of the one of the two. I forget. One of the three times. I Yeah, Washington you know. yeah. Post
3: Radio, and then it became WFED. But can I tell you how? And
4: can I tell you how nice it is to sleep till six thirty in the morning? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I know that sounds crazy. No, it's, it's true. Thirty. Yeah, six thirty. Yeah. After wow. years, thirty years. It's of getting it's up hard.
2: Two so, thirty. Mm. So 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 Doc and Doc and I have been together. Doc, you've been doing this show now for how long? It's been close to twenty years, right? Yeah, it's
3: it's almost back to two thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. It, it might be.
4: Uh, oh, for here.
3: No, oh, no, not because I was on uh, WMAL, right. then I was on WJFK, and then Washington Post Radio, oh, then WFED. Right. That's right.
2: So we've been, you've been in this building now for 12 years because right. you started in 2007, yeah. and you and I got together. Our 12th anniversary is coming up in March. So I think yeah. you started in January of 07 is when you way, moved into this building. By the way, Jimmy's yes. terrible on
4: anniversary gifts. Okay. You, that know you know what I've gotten? Got
2: 12 years, you know what I've gotten?
3: <laughs> Zippity. Nothing. <laughs> Guy no, I give him a, I, of, I'd, I'd give him a cup of champagne every once in a while. <laughs> that's but right. Guy, but that
2: comes in New Year's. Yes, the guy's over
4: in McLean hiding in some mansion. What do I get for an anniversary gift? Hey, Squat. They, It's been great. He gave me some little boblet he got at the uh, Las Vegas show.
2: It's more than I got. The
4: Chotskys they hand <laughs> off <laughs> yeah, that, that, little, at, the, at the Computer uh, a electronic bag. Show. <laughs> He's like, hey, oh, no. No, I want a rubber brain to squeeze. I, I, you know, that's the biggest trinket at the Las Vegas show. Uh, Tech show. What's that? Rubber brains. Rubber brains. Just you know, you come by somebody's booth or whatever, and they give you a rubber brain.
1: It's like the exercise. I guess like the the, 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 the stress brain. Stress Stress brain. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, forgive me for busting up
2: in the show like this. That's go, okay. Well, this is a, pay, it's uh, a special day. I'm sorry? you have to go to somewhere? No, we, we're going to finish the mailbag now, right? Yeah. yeah. Ma- you, yeah. You're doing mailbag? Okay. We're oh, doing, yeah. mailbag.
3: doing mailbag. mailbag. Can,
4: can I just be selfish because I'm on a short leash here? Uh, you yeah. certainly yeah. can. The, sure. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> short leash, that. Bark, bark, yes. Bark, bark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Doc, I, I, I have a couple of selfish questions. Okay. Okay, so we have
2: mailbag extended.
4: Mailbag extended because I don't have the... The reach or the wherewithal anymore to, to, to see you every day like I
2: used to. <laughs> David, you're always welcome.
4: Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Listen, I am I want a camera. I want, you, know, you see all these ads? You're on. always looking for a camera. Every time hey, you come hey, in here, you're whoa, looking for wait, a camera. Hey, now, we're not getting into a Chuck Berry story. Today. Take it easy. <laughs> Take it easy. No, I just, I, you know, obviously I have a dog business, so I, mm-hmm. I want to have cameras in the kennel. Oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. But I, I want it no must, no fuss. Don't, you know. Buy them. I want to be able to look at stuff on my phone from far away. Do you have any recommendations, Doc?
3: Yeah, for the uh, for these webcams, just yes, webcams you sit around. I mean, the ones that Nest has are really easy to configure. Nest. Nest. Yeah. NEST, N-E-S-T Yeah. They they also have the doorbell and they've got nah, the smoke detector. The you don't have that, no, I don't want the but doorbell. they but they have made uh, webcams that are just really easy to configure. Right. If Thank you don't me. want to have any big IT
4: yeah, I don't want Deal. to. You, know, I don't want you to just put good. them
3: up and connect them to Wi Fi, and you're, right. you're there.
4: Anyway. Well, well Dick, uh, Doc, I wish I could hang for the whole show. Okay. I came down here specifically for you guys.
3: Well, thank I just want you. to tell you,
4: thank you so much for everything. You've been a good guy for yeah. how long has it been? 20 years? <laughs>
3: 20 years,
2: yeah. You know, Jim
4: came in late.
2: You know, he's, yeah, I'm, I did come he's in. He's the second wife, okay? I mean, it, it I'm happened. the third wife. You're the yeah. third. Because wife. he had a fling. Oh, you have a Kate fling. Kate Brown. Right
3: at w- WTOP. Oh yeah, they Kate, yeah, Br- Kate, Kate Brown. Brown was Kate here. Brown here for for. Oh. Like, for she was like, here for a cup of coffee. For, for like, yeah. for like, uh, <laughs> yeah, three song. months. She, three months. So he
2: basically he dumped you for Kate Brown. Well, I don't. Kate was him. the I other woman. I me for
3: Kate Then Brown. no, then. then <laughs> I, well, say, I, I was with David W M A L, and then when <laughs> I went to J F K. I was with somebody else. It's four.
2: There. I'm the fourth. Yeah, I'm I was, the fourth I, I, was wow.
3: I was in the Don
2: and Mike studio at WJFK. Wow, wow.
1: Plenty, plenty of venom in that room. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's right. Plenty <laughs> of
2: venom in that room. <laughs> did, did, did you hang with G Gordon Liddy while you were over there? Uh, no, I didn't see G but Gordon. But I got to tell
4: you, I got to tell you, Jimbo. You know, uh, I, I, I used to work for British Telecom, a lot of tech companies, and
2: mm-hmm. uh, at,
4: at, at the same time having a radio career, which was bizarre but i gotta tell you the doc over here is a great guy isn't he uh you can call him anytime i mean he's only running the hugest school in the east coast but he's got time to pick up the phone and talk today yeah let me give you a little example of how that goes ring 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 <laughs> yeah, what do you want Doc, i'm opening up schools in india now and I
3: know. You, know, uh, you know we've got a campus in iraq now wow Oh, no, Iraq, <laughs> not a wow.
0: <laughs> <Iraq>. <laughs> yeah, we're
3: we're in uh, really? in Kurdistan, oh. Iraqi Kurdistan. Oh, Kurdistan. Okay. Yeah, yeah six it, six right? hour drive north of Baghdad. I don't know
2: if I want to go to Ramallah. Can you get a rental car in Baghdad? Listen. Is there anything listen, left to Baghdad?
3: Tour buses come up from Baghdad, to, you know, to around uh, Kurdistan. Excuse me. It's, did, like, it's like the vacation capital of uh, Iraq.
4: Is there a school bus that goes from Ramadi to your uh, <laughs> campus? Uh, no, but I, you, but I
3: pretty much, uh, you know, no, we don't we, we don't do most of we're, we're, we're like three hour drive from Mosul. We okay, but we we safe. but but the thing is the uh, Kurdistan's quite safe. Okay. Kurdistan if you say so. If you've been there, you for say so,
4: graduation, have
3: you? Have I've you been there twice for graduation. You graduate or else. I've yeah. Uh Army for you.
4: So wait, wait a minute. I'll study. No, I'll study
3: real hard. Anyway. No. no we're, we're working with the uh, the Barzanis. The Barzanis run Kurdistan. Mustafa oh. Barzani was the warrior that Saddam Hussein right. could not do. Had so his first name
4: been Tony, I would have been. been uh, a little <laughs> uh, worried, yes. That's
3: right. So we work with the Barzani family. So the Barzanis. We, yeah, wow. the, so the Barzanis. And so they are, Tony they are Kurdistan. They are Kurdistan. Yeah. And the yeah. thing is, the kids in Kurdistan have the same requirements as kids in the U.S. They want to learn. They want to be able to do stuff. And yeah. so...
4: Honest to goodness. This is our <laughs> next president right here. We I know. <laughs> know exactly.
2: Know He's making jobs and... That's butter. And exactly. uh, educating people. My favorite... Okay, so my favorite <laughs> Rick Schertz phone call was oh back over the summer. And this... I mean, never. We, I mean, we just, we just do our thing and mm-hmm. we show up here on Saturday. We yeah. go our separate ways. I get a phone call on a Friday night and the, the name that comes up on... My phone is Marianne Schurts. I'm like, Uh oh "Oh, god, Uh here we go. (laughs) Here's a beating. And so, no. (laughs) Oh, I wasn't going there. He's laughing. So it's, but it's Rick. He says, I have to tell you something. I know the phone. I was I, I dropped the phone in the not ocean. The, no, dropped no, the phone no, in the ocean. He was trying to he, when you re, got the uh, the jet ski stuck on the sandbar. When I,
3: when I got nah, the jet, the yeah, that's right. Down it at was,
2: Playa del Shirts. That's right. Playa del yeah. I yes that. Yeah, God, I love that.
3: Mm-hmm. And so that's right. That then my cell phone was completely gone at that time. Yep. I remember I used to call and I used to not do best ofs. Every show was live at MAL. Of course it was. I called in from every Alaska. Show was the I, yes. I, I, I called in from Alaska. I did. I was on the shores of Prince William Sound up there. Mm-hmm. Did a whole show live, and we standing, tried standing standing on on the shore.
2: Didn't we try to do one live early on from China, and you were on Skype, Good and Lord. it kept cutting out on us. Yeah, no, not too well. so.
3: And then the, another one from from Alaska. I went up to uh, I went up to near the Arctic Circle. Uh, um, Manly hot springs. Manly, Manly hot, hot springs. Yeah. But I like it too. And maybe. so yeah. And so there were fifty people in that town. Wow. But there was no cell phone reception. So I said, look, I, I got to get a phone to call in for this for this radio show. Did <laughs> you pull a MacGyver? And, and they and they said. <laughs> and, antenna. And so and so I went down to the bar. The bar go. restaurant. There we go. And they said this is well, we got a phone here at the at yeah. the at, at the uh, you know at the bar. So oh. I came in the morning and did the show. The entire town showed up to watch this radio show live from Fire. the I mean you into, know, the entire yeah. town
2: 50 50 wow. people they're they printing t-shirts by the time <laughs> you left wow rick shirts for mayor what's the, the name of the town
3: manly hot uh, manly hot springs manly hot springs, manly manly hot springs. Manly hot hot springs manly alaska
2: hot springs. <laughs> he, he is the mayor of manly hot springs alaska
3: then then I called in one other time uh from a phone booth in france I think I remember that one.
2: <laughs> and were I, you fully clothed? Yeah, I, deposit, yeah I, I, no, I I was. I, I
3: was in France, and and so I, so I I went to this phone booth. And usually when people like like make a call, it's like like two minutes. And sure. a, and and the, there was a church next door, and so they were ringing the church bells because was, it was like at five, six, five o'clock in the afternoon or something. And then they were ringing the church bells, and there was this line of twenty people waiting to use the phone. <laughs> and And it's 50 like
2: people in one town, one phone. And, <laughs> he picks all these small towns. I think and, he's on he's running from something well, well this was of
3: a small town. this was in normandy, but but the thing is it was uh, that was the only phone booth there. And they kept looking at me and because I, I was on the phone for an hour. And
2: uh, <laughs> he was doing his uh, adult doing his phone show. call thing. And him.
3: then, and then the thing is, you know, the sun is on the phone booth. It's yeah. like a, it's like a, uh, it's like a sauna. So I'd have to open the door oh, yeah. to to let in some. He lost eight pounds doing that show. Jail. You know why I was hot in the
4: phone
2: booth? Uh-huh. He <laughs> wasn't the only one in no, there. Uh,
4: somebody's walking by and he's like, uh, What are you wearing? <laughs> 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 Easy, doc. Hey, doc. Last question. Very yeah. serious question. We keep hearing about. Trying to make, make this current.
2: current yes, current please, please kind current. Of a thing. We need yeah, your help. Because yeah, yeah. you, you look at us. Do we look current uh, at all no, here? <laughs> no.
4: I'm walking into a studio with two guys wearing members-only jackets. Okay. <laughs> I, I think that kind of says it all. Doesn't it? <laughs> anyway, no. The digital wall. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all the big stink right now. It's about the wall. Mm-hmm. Now we've got people saying, well, we don't need a physical wall. We we can have a digital wall. Yeah. Now, if there's anybody on the planet Earth that understands digital and digital walls and security, it's got to be. It's got to be. Well, here's the
3: problem. Well, yeah, you can have you, can, you you can have lidar systems that detect people. Right. But then they just walk through. Yeah. It. And so you still need somebody to apprehend them. You hear the bell ringing. But simply, doing simply, <laughs> simply, de- simply detecting people yeah. doesn't stop them.
4: So there's really no such thing as a digital wall. No, there's
3: no, no digital wall. A
4: digital alert system.
3: Now, now, I suppose you I suppose you could have a digital wall if you would have like a microwave weapon, and you just blow them up. That's why I love this man. But, uh-huh, because he's got see, all these scenarios. <laughs> he has zero to violence. But, mm-hmm. but, but as I say in the military, you service the target. Wow. <laughs> But wow. Whoa. but Whoa. But, oh, but, but that's really not Virginia. that's Virginia. really not appropriate. And so the digital wall are just basically intrusion detection sensors. Okay. And you still need some guy to go out there and apprehend so it's them. It's a
4: mouthful of warm bubbles. It sounds good, but it
3: doesn't really do It me. sounds good, but it's not helpful. So you, you probably need a physical wall at certain areas, and then areas that you cannot really put walls up We're because kind of, of, of the terrain. Then whatever. you then then you have you know intrusion detection, and you've right. just got people nearby so they can they can apprehend them. And the intrusion detection is pretty good stuff. It why works.
4: Is it, why isn't the White House calling this number right
2: now? Um, because they're true. all they're all not getting paid. Oh, that's right. You wouldn't be getting
4: paid. No, I know how you operate. That's you. Exactly well, no, no, no. They're no, not getting paid. No, no, yeah. The
2: whole shutdown thing. You've been away from News no, 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 radio no. for a while, haven't Dave, Dave, you? We
3: live in Frederick County and miss Dave, a lot of Dave, things. Dave, 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 that's true. Dave the, the White House only watches Fox News. <laughs> they're, 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 they're not going to be listening oh, to us. <laughs> 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 away from News no, 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 radio no, for a while. Dave, the White
4: House only watches Fox News. There go. That's pretty funny. Well, gentlemen, I wish you well in your new location. I hope
2: you'll invite me to come by
4: there sometime. So we I'm shall. So okay. You know, we absolutely one. will.
2: Doc, okay. another 20 for you, buddy. That's it for this week. And this year, we'll see you in 2020 for more Tech Talk Radio.
4: Maybe it's much too early in the game Oh, but I thought I'd ask you just the same What do you do